Here we are at episode 12 of season one of the Simplify and Multiply show. And in this episode, I will be interviewing the incomparable Denise Pavernik of Inner Strength U. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. So it was kind of cool how I met Denise when I was uh, in Kelly Roach's Facebook group. And Kelly Roach is a wonderful business coach. If you ever want to check her out, she's Kelly Roach International. And Denise and I both were in this group, and that's how we met. And I was talking about my podcast, and she raised her hand and said, hey, I'd like to be a guest on your show. And I'm like, oh, that's fabulous. So we had a phone call, and we talked a little bit. And uh, let me tell you what, from the minute I got on the phone with Denise, I knew she was something special. This woman has an incredible, deep passion for helping people really rise to new limits in their business, in their personal life, and in in their physical apparatus, you know, their body, getting them in shape in many ways with strength, training, and all kinds of fitness, uh, nutrition. And But what really piqued my interest most about Denise was her her background is really interesting, and she'll get into that during the interview. But I really found a particular interest in the work she does as a coach and how much work she does around mindset. And as you know, I'm going to be doing a lot of conversations and interviews around mindset because it is such a critical factor in business success and in life in general. So Denise and I had a really interesting conversation about a lot of different concepts, and I think it's really important that you get to know Denise and really really give a good listen to what she says. She really pulls a lot of different factors into uh, this particular interview. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know more about Denise, and I hope you will too. And I know I'm going to be working with her in the future. So here's my interview with Denise Pavernik of Inner Strength U. Hey, Denise, thank you so much for being here today. It's great to have you on the Simplify and Multiply show. Thank you for oh, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm oh, wonderful. Yep. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. So I wanted to I gave a little intro already, and I wanted to just kind of give you the floor and have you talk to us about how you got your business started, what made you start your own business, and just kind of give us the four one one on that, so we really understand like your headspace, your physical space, you know why you ch- made the choices you did. What were some of the early hurdles that you went through? Just kind of tell us that story, if you will. Well, actually, my story would probably go back to the early 90s. Um, after graduating college, I was a trained interrogator uh, and investigator, financial financial fraud, financial crimes. And, um, you know, it was really an interesting journey in the type of people that would come across for an interrogation what I found during that time was that most of the people weren't criminals. They were good people who made bad choices in bad situations. 
So fast forward, uh, 1996, I leave to have and start my family. I'm a mom of five. I have four, five, four girls, one boy, five amazing children. My wow. oldest just turned 23. Awesome. And I was faced back in 2009, um, you know, leaving my career, doing some small businesses on the side here and there around the kids' schedule. I was faced with a, a crisis because I knew I was going to make some major life changes and I was 80 pounds overweight myself. So I decided in 2009, uh, by my 40th birthday, that I was going to lose 80 pounds the healthy way, but I had no extra funds for a gym or a trainer or anything else. So I had to figure it out all on my own. And I started on December 29th, 2008. My birthday was in August, August 8th, seven months, one week later, I was 80 pounds lighter, fit, healthy, and just uh, loving life. That's incredible. Yeah. So, you know, not realizing, I think that when you're in your own magic, you don't realize how, what a, what a spectacular thing you just did because it was just me being me figuring out how to do things with what I had available to me at the time. Um, so then fast forward a couple of years later, uh, I've made some life changes to go through a divorce. And now because of my financial situation, I can't go back being an interrogator because you have to be in good financial standing. And, and at that time I was not. So I had to reinvent myself. Mm. And I took a position at a local gym that just got built in our area uh, for literally $6 a client before taxes per session. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when, when I say starting over, and, and for me though, I looked at it as opportunity, right? Mm. An opportunity, I, I was loving what I was doing as a trainer. Uh, at that time, I couldn't bring in nutrition because I was just hired to be a trainer. But within two years, uh, I, I always said that I wanted to pull a Seinfeld, go out on top like like he did. <laughs> so in 2014, I made the decision to leave and go out on my own. And I left with 220 sessions on my calendar in a two-week period. There was a wow. two-week waiting list to be added to my calendar. And at the time, that gym wasn't treating me or my clients very nicely. So those clients who could come with me did. Those had to... There were some more that had to finish out contracts and so forth. Uh, but that was the, the beginning place. And it wasn't a straight leap into my own business. Um, but I, I went to another gym, but I had more flexibility and a little bit of safety there mm -hmm. to figure out. And that's when I started incorporating nutrition. But also the same time, I had this life coaching um, separate aspect I was doing of uh, more personal empowerment since 2008. I'm actually celebrating the, the 10th year anniversary with the night school that I teach with. So in time, I, I think it was about 2014 where I'm no longer happy working for someone else. Um, I had four different, there were four different owners and two were wonderful and two were just very confused of what the vision was of where they were going. And I start to see their, their gym starting to fall apart. So it was really either make a leap into my own business and bring all my aspects of what I was doing together or uh, go back to the corporate world, which really wasn't very appealing to me because I still had five children, most of them under 18, and I needed great flexibility. So that kind of is how inner strength you, the, the formation, the beginning stages. And in the beginning stages, we were very heavy in the personal training, mild nutrition, and then the life coaching still, I had to figure a way how to integrate it into everything that we were doing. 
Very cool. Now you say we, so you have, yes, uh, I have a yeah. partner. Yes. I have a partner, <laughs> uh, Kervin Damoline, and, uh, we will be celebrating, uh, seven years at the beginning of April in all different aspects of our partnership. We're, we're, oh, that's yeah, great. we're engaged now. Uh, most wonderful partner that I could ever have even dreamed up. Uh, congratulations. Could, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's great. Yeah. And so let me ask you about the dynamic of having a partner, because uh, many of the folks in our audience are solopreneurs, they're independent yes. professionals, and they may have a team uh, that they look at upon as their partners in business, but not a true partner. So yeah. how does that dynamic work? We, uh, it's funny, because, uh, you know, if you, you were to ask our personal training clients, um, I, I think our personalities come through in our style. And the running joke is he's the nicer one. <laughs> he, he actually makes you think you have a choice of whether you're going to go up and wait or not. And where I'm just like, here, here it is. Do it. Don't question here, you know, more straightforward. Uh, but because we're, we're two different personalities and the, the level of trust is so deep that whatever crazy, and I'm usually the one coming up with the crazy ideas He's just right there with a thumbs up, whatever, whatever we need to do. So it's, it's in that aspect of it, uh, I, I really hit the Powerball with, with that type of partner. Um, sometimes, though, not having someone to say no to me no. <laughs> um, could have a little <laughs> bit of a, you know, but downside in the fact that I'm willing to try anything. I'm, I'm definitely that risk-taking type of, of person. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. One of the things I hear from solopreneurs is that they sometimes feel a bit disconnected by the sheer nature of their work. What they long for is peer-to-peer -peer camaraderie, support, and the sharing of ideas with other solopreneurs. I know it can be a bit lonely when you're working from your home office or traveling by yourself serving your clients. When I created Simplify and Multiply, I wanted to change that. I wanted to create a place where solos could gather, share ideas, as well as challenges with others who understand what it's like to be a solopreneur. Well, that's what you'll find at the Simplify and Multiply Peer Club. Although it's free to be part of the Peer Club, you do need to be a solopreneur to join. Head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and learn more about this community and how it will benefit your soul as well as your business. Again, that's simplifyandmultiply.com to learn more. One of the things that I wanted to ask you, Denise, was about translating that energy of really taking care of your mental aspect and being able to be sharp. I mean, you are the, you know, rock star to the CEOs. You work a lot in the coaching space. So once the physical apparatus has been taken care of and they've, they're getting their body on the right track, you know, their health and nutrition has been uh, addressed. There's that mental and that psychological part that really comes into play and is in huge demand when you run your own business or when you're running a group of people, whether you're CEO of a Fortune you know, 500 company or whether you're starting and running your own business. So talk to me a little bit about your coaching and why you expanded into that space in addition to the, the fitness. Okay. So- Regardless of what uh, the person comes to us for first, we really kind of incorporate everything right off the bat, whether they realize it or not. So if we're doing personal training, I'm doing mindset through personal training 
because I need to be able to physically push you further, then you'll take yourself on your own. If you're coming in through the nutrition, same thing is that I have to identify the loops that you jump onto that keep you from moving forward in taking better care through the food that you're eating and the choices that you're making. So by the time we get to the actual mindset piece of it, where it's just mindset alone, it goes back a lot to, uh, as an interrogator, really understanding the difference between your conscious mind and your subconscious mind and the roles that they should be playing versus the roles that they really are playing. And once we can identify what type of loop that you're on and how you get there and what's causing you emotionally, because it's always an emotion that sends you on a thought loop, um, bringing in the different tactics and techniques and strategies to show you that what you think you're saying and what you think you're doing do not really match one another. Mm. And once you get that bigger, broader understanding, uh, everything begins to change because I always say, if you were to logically be able to get to the place where you wanted to be, being the intelligent person that you are, either one, you'd be there, or two, you have to realize then you're deliberately not allowing yourself to go there. Okay, so that's that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it really and is. it's it's good stuff. It's theoretical. It's conceptual. So let's get you out of the stands and onto the court. Can you give us an example sure. of that in in real life? Obviously, you know, not naming names or whatever, but just walk sure. us through what that looks like. Uh, what that would look like. So if we took it from a nutrition standpoint, is you know, if an individual comes and they want more energy in their life and we start changing the nutrition to match that. And literally we, we lay out everything, when to eat, how much to eat, you know, you get some variety of choosing exactly what type of protein so forth. But once you have it all laid out and you have the mechanics to go and create the food and package the food and have the food ready for you when you need it to then not eat the food, is where the block comes in. And that's something more than just the logical, well, I'm not hungry or I don't wanna eat this. It gets into those deeper issues of what's going on under the surface. And really most of the time it's self-sabotage. How do you mean? Um, well, if you look at it from the standpoint of if you have a person who's intelligent enough to know that they need change, they go out and they find the change that they need, whether it's the person or the program or both, they actually take the steps towards acting out the change and then don't do it. That right there, there's something deeper than just what the food is representing. There's a deeper fear underneath there. Mm -hmm. So it's about getting into the mindset of what's the real fear underneath the reason why the weight is on the person. Gotcha. Because there's some kind of safety in that, that weight being on there that, that, that person's mind doesn't want to disappear. And I, Does that make I sense? think that, um, pretty much to not to make a generalization about it, but pretty much everybody has some degree of that going on, whether you're a business owner or whether you're an employee yeah. or whether you're homeless. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, that's human nature. That is uh, life as we know it. And being able to come out of the lizard brain and into the prefrontal cortex where we can actually make more logical decisions uh, is yes. can be a challenge when the subconscious is running the show. So talk a, well, a little bit more about that when you're saying earlier, you said about the subconscious doing what it should do, you know, each one of those. Right. Well, and it goes back to, you know, your subconscious is that thing where, um, you know, it beats your heart, it digests your food without your thought. 
it, it's the automatic response system. However, it is also all the potentiality because it's not bound by time or space, such as the, as the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. The conscious mind needs, it's, it needs order. It needs A, B, C, one, two, three. So when you understand that, it, the example that I give, if you have an XY graph, going back to our high school math yeah. days, and you have to you know, put a little uh, you know, 2X, 3Y on the graph, then you know where to bring that point of focus. And that's what the conscious mind is meant to do, point of focus right now, out of all the potential possibilities in the subconscious mind is the actual graph that has all those potential possibilities. Where people, by the time that I'm involved, they get stuck on that one point and they forget that there's the potential graph of all these other possibilities and it's the conscious mind takes over the CEO role of just instead of this one little option, it tries to say that this is the only option or this is the only option that will work. Mm. So what my job is, is I pull people back off of that one little dot back into the subconscious where all the potentials, because even when there's only one dot on the graph, every other spot has the potential of being plotted. It exists in that I guess you want to say that invisible knowing it's there, but not knowing it's there. And what I do is I help people come out of that logical mind and we do different type of exercises to have this creative breakthrough that the logical mind will not allow you to have. But once we get that creative breakthrough, then we can put another dot on the map in a different spot. So what I see people trying to do is they try to transform the dot they're on to make it something that it's never meant to be. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example. Right now I'm wearing a, uh, a black sweat jacket. And so I ask people, you know, if I want to make this, if I want to wear a red sweat jacket, what do I do? And what do you think the logical answer would be? Change. Change. Yeah. Go get a red sweat jacket, take this one off and then put the red one on. But what people, try to do theoretically and in their actions, and this is where they get frustrated, is they try to have the black sweat jacket on and dye it red while they're wearing it. They try to transform the one into something that it's not. Mm -hmm. So if you're on the dot that says that something is missing, that is meant to be the missing dot. So I'll give you an example. If you're on a sick dot, then you can't make the sick dot healthy. You have to figure out and redefine what the healthy dot looks like and get on that one. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that's much clearer. Yeah. yeah. So, and for some people, there might be multiple steps, three, four, five steps. Uh, for some people, just need one step, you know, go to the doctor, or go to the doctor, get some medicine, go to the doctor, get some medicine, get some rest. Each one are independent dots that live and exist on their own. But we, we put them in this formula says this plus this plus this. What I teach people to do is get rid of the sick, get rid of the sick dot and just be on the healthy dot. And so we design a program as to what does that look like to you, not what it looks like to anybody else. So there's so many studies out there that say, well, if you're this age and you're this gender and you've done this mm -hmm. and we, we start ignoring all of that preconceived notion, going back to fear, fear is something that was, was taught to you. And other than the, the primal keeping yourself safe, which if you allow your body to do since it's beating your heart right now and it's not stopping, it's automatically going to know how to do that without your thought. So if you have any thought that invokes a fear, that is a conditioning that has been taught to you over time, whether it was intentional or by well-meaning people. And what I like to do is show people that that doesn't have to be part of your story, but if, it, if you bring it in there, then you can't holler at it when it's there because then it's doing its job.
that you've assigned it to do. So it's all about redefining your life, redefining your, your, your dots that kind of lay on top of each other. And why would you pick to have something in your story that you don't want? So when you start letting go of those things that's not wanted, and then we go into that subconscious that has all of your potential, all of the potential outcomes. And it's the fun part is getting to pick a new one. And this is where uh, I was just interviewing Kelly Roach last night, and she went from a $100,000 Facebook launch within three months with working with me to a $400,000 Facebook launch, which she didn't think would be possible so quickly. Mm. But that's a conscious mind thinking that there has to be a certain amount of time for things to be done. And my question is, well, who said so? Like, why, why, why don't we redefine what that time frame is going to be? And that's what we did. That's great. And, you know, to, yeah. to harken back to your analogy about the dot, uh, mm -hmm. it's, I've, I'm hearing that it's the, f the first step is really identifying that there is a dot, <laughs> that that's where they yeah. are. Uh, yeah. You know, so you can create the distinction of let's just get on the healthy dot, for example. And, you know, what's really interesting. I just celebrated last weekend 12 years of being on the healthy dot. And how I define that means no sick days, no sickness, no medications, no doctor visits. I, I go for healthy checkups. That's it. Uh, I don't have stomach bugs. I don't get sniffles. I don't get allergies. None of that. Mm -hmm. Not a, nothing. It doesn't exist in my reality because my healthy dot is nothing but health. And that's how that's powerful great. your mind is because your mind will create what you tell it to create. So let's talk about solopreneurs uh, who mm -hmm. are, you know, listening to this podcast who are thinking, okay, so I'm dealing with X, Y, and Z. How do I, you know, move the needle in my world? How do I make this real for me? So when you're dealing with people who are uh, business owners and yes. they have more of a small operation. They could be making buku bucks, but they're basically just on their own and with a small team or what have you. And they really need, uh, you know, some help. They don't know, but they don't know how to identify it. What do you see with that group of people that come to you for help? What typically are some of the challenges that they're facing? Uh, most of the time, what I, I'm experiencing with solopreneurs is that they've created a story, they have an idea of where they want to be, and th that idea seems so big from where they are now, which it should. It should be this nice big leap that you're going to take. But what happens is they end up being too many steps ahead in their own mind instead of dealing with the step that is at hand. Or if the step that is hand is done, then there's usually a little bit of downtime before the next step shows up. So they get in their own head, creating scenarios that don't exist. Tell me more about that. So for example, if you want to do a uh, million dollar launch in Facebook um, in September, and right now you're sitting and thinking about based on your other launches, how that might look. And that's a really good starting point. But if there, you know, once you've done and now you got it to a certain level, if you start thinking, well, I did all this to get here, then I have to do this, 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 and this, and that's, you know, adding all these steps that none of them can be taken today, it causes anxiety, it causes stress, it causes frustration, it causes you to question that big goal in the first place. And so what, what we do is we kind of, I ask for proof. Where's your proof right here, right now today, where's your proof that this will not work? 
because if you have the thought of it, then you're on what, what's called the, uh, the pole. And if you're on the pole, there's the total absolute of it working and the total absolute of it, total bombing. Mm -hmm. So what I need to identify is where on that pole are you? Are you halfway? Are you three quarters of the way? Are you towards bust? And how I can see and hear that is by the words that you choose and your subconscious cues that you're giving me as you're saying them. Does your voice go up? Do you look down to the ground? All the things that I would use as, as an interrogator. And when you start to realize that the story that you're telling from where you're at right now, you don't have all that you need to even begin to tell that story. So why would you create one that goes against the actual goal that you want? Hmm. So we get people to refocus on what I call the jump off point. Where are you right here, right now? And from right here, right now, what can we do? And what can we do that is going to add some value towards that bigger piece? And sometimes, and this is the, with the conscious mind, it has a way of judging this is a really big choice and this is a really little choice. But to the subconscious mind, all choices are equal. And sometimes what may be a really little choice to the conscious mind that it may overlook it because it doesn't deem it worthy will be that one thing that changes everything. And I see that quite a bit when people get into more of the creative work mm. versus the logical work. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that so, do you think, Because on the creative side? The creative side? Because the creative side, you know, it, it's that thing that we did very naturally as children where we didn't, you know, this is why kids don't clean up their toys. They, play, they blow bubbles and then they jump rope and then they chalk on the sidewalk and everything's left in a pile as where they've gone because they're so in the moment and in the flow. And that's what creativity is. Creativity is not logic. Creativity is all about being connected to the flow of things and then going back and using logic after. So the paradigm that most people use now is using logic and it may take you 10 steps to get there. But if you use a more creative aspect of it, you may get the same outcome in three mm. and less frustration and less possibilities of things going haywire. Which one would you do? Now, there's nothing wrong with taking the 10 step way as long as you don't drive yourself crazy and cause anxiety and self-sabotage yourself. Yeah, and overwhelm. <laughs> yeah. And so when we get people more into the creative aspect of it, there's such inspiration. It's almost like when you were brand new and it was just for the love of doing things that you were doing things, you weren't crunching numbers and putting stress on yourself. So I kind of take people, not to say that that isn't important, but not if it's going to tear down that that initial energy that made you do this very thing in the first place. Yeah, I want to jump on that because yeah. I I just that kind of resonated that did resonate with me when you said that because I remember what that was like when I first started my business because I'm in a creative field and I was writing books, I was designing websites, I was helping people with their marketing and branding, I was helping them get more confidence in their business and what they were doing. And I loved it. I was always so excited. And I was very, very creative back then. I was designing workshops. I was like prolific from the standpoint of what I was doing. And I wasn't <laughs> making a lot of money. So I was really struggling with, you know, how to figure out not the whole like, well, how do you monetize it? You know, no, it's right. like, how, how can we take that marriage of running a business and still having that entrepreneurial, just out of the gate, passion for creativity and just really having the freedom to do the work that you love to do the way you want to do it and work with the people you want to work with. I mean, where, where does it, 
drop off where you find you're compromising and you're having to become a business person and, you know, you start losing that. Uh, you know, I, I talk to a lot of people who are kind of so slowed down and caught up in the, I don't want to say drudgery, but it just kind of, the, it feels like the energy of the word right now, but the drudgery of the selling and the keeping your pipeline yeah. full and getting the marketing out there, all of the mechanics that are, that are needed in business today. I, you know what, what I find, and that's why um, I, I, in, in my title, I, I say that I'm the, the CEO's secret weapon because I have never been one to follow and like rules and conditioning type of thing. So even though that's something that they have to do, they get to come and play with me. They get to come and play with the clay and mold and, and step outside of those normal, logical ways of doing things because I've never seen things that way. Um, I understand how and why they're important, uh, but that's why I have people that do that part of my business for me. And once you start stepping back into that creative realm again, if you would call it that, um, it you start to streamline even better all of the processes that you're doing and you start eliminating redundancy and you start taking away or delegating things that you no longer want to do. And I remember a teacher saying to me one time that there's going to be things in life that you have to do that you don't want to do. So I have literally made it my point in life not to do a darn thing that I don't want to do or I don't feel connected to. <laughs> and there, Because there's people out there that love doing those things and I have no problem having them do yeah. it. So that's one of the things that even as, uh, you know, with my partner, he comes in and helps out with the personal training, but for the most part, all of the other operational stuff is, is for me. And I literally do the things I'm connected to and those things. And I have learned many powerful ways, especially in the beginning, bartering and sharing and that there's more than enough people out there to get you where you need to go and partnering up with so that you can, because the second I am asked to do something I don't want to do, it's like you feel the screech on the, the vinyl yeah. record. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I, I, my whole body feels that way. And it changes <laughs> up like that kind of thing. So I, I give people permission to bring out that inner child, that creativity. It doesn't matter you know, if you're in your 30s or in your 60s or male or female. Everybody, you know, comes in and plays along at the very least prove me wrong that it's not going to work for you. And I think that's why we have such uh, groundbreaking aha moments. And literally people go running from my house and I used to think they're trying to get away from the crazy <laughs> lady. But they're so inspired. They got, they got to make phone calls because this is how they're going to do They just have an idea come in that quickly and they have to get it implemented right away. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me shift gears for a second because sure. you uh, you're dealing with a very somatic type of a business where you're in the gym working with them on fitness. You're you know you're face to face doing coaching and things. So you work in person in most cases. How I have a, a lot of clients and I there's a lot of listeners to this uh, show that are in a similar situation where they are doing. Uh, the type of business where they see people physically, whether they're a therapist or whether they're, you know, providing some type of service that they need to see physically the person, uh, put their hands on them, what have you, to do the work they need to do. And um, how does a person like that 
And how are you addressing uh, creating scale and expanding to your reach to people like, for example, me? If I'm down here in Florida, you're up in Pennsylvania. For me to come to your gym does not make sense. <laughs> oh, well, and this is where creativity is a wonderful thing. So, yes, I have quite a bit of clients that come to me physically in person, but I also have just as many now that are virtual. So how does that work? How does that work? Uh, well, the you know, if we're doing in the gym, we have many different ways. I can design you a program and you can go in and do it yourself. And then we meet once a week to talk about it. You can send me videos of what you're doing. Or I've literally have clients who take me in their gyms and I'm on a Zoom conference video and I'm watching what they're doing and I'm instructing them as they're in their gym. Um, so it all depends what type of program that they're looking for. So it, it's very, uh, I'll design it hands off, I'll design it and half and half. And then other ones are, I'm, I'm there three, four, five times a week in the gym. I've been all over the world in the virtual gym because people going traveling with business and vacation and they don't want to stop training. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now, yeah. how are you, because uh, there's so many different ways to leverage the digital world. Do you find there's any uh, discrepancies or loss of uh, impact through the digital channels that you're using? No, because of the thoroughness that, that I bring. Um, and I will have, especially if, if I've never worked with somebody in person, I'm a, a stickler with form and breathing. It's so very important. So I'll have them do some simple exercises and, and record a video ahead of time so I can see what type of movement we have going on. And I'll do assessments that way even before we start working with them. But there's certain steps that we have to take uh, even before we start picking up weights. And I do that in person also, certain assessments, just so that I can get an idea of what their way of moving is. Interesting. You know, it's yes. uh, I have a client that's a physical therapist, and he does something similar where he says, I can give them like tips on movement just by seeing them walk on a video or a mm -hmm. Zoom or whatever. And he says, I can yes. tell right away. And I think yes. that that's 100% due to his and yours uh, expertise mm -hmm. and yes. what you know about the body and what you know about human behavior and what people are doing, especially with all the experience that you've had working with people. You're like, got it. You know, I can... I can take care of this right away. I mean, same thing with me when I look at someone's, you know, branding and marketing or where can, when I hear them talk about their business, I can usually zero right in on what they need and really what's going on with them. And uh, that's that comes from being an expert and you're able to do that. How do you help people bridge that gap of not trusting the digital exchange of service? Uh, well, it would definitely go into, the, you know, Number one, first, I would we would have to find out if this was something real that where they had a real life experience that something went crazy. We we had like a little blip here today, and it's it's something very easy to to get around. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when everybody comes with a problem, I know that that problem is really real to them. Now, whether it's really a real problem, that's that's the first step. A second thing is if there's anybody that you know you're going to be able to make mistakes with. I encourage them. I want to see them. It's not about a personal trainer. You know, I always ask my clients, what do you think I'm thinking? Or because they look at me funny. I'm not judging you. I, first of all, I'm in awe that you're here, that you're, you're taking the steps to make your life better, that you're willing to do what I asked you to do because you know that I'm not going to ask you to do something that I think you're going to fail at. 
So there's that level of trust with your with your your trainer and what they have to in their business is figure out what that level of trust will be with themselves with their with their equipment and with the people that they're working with so with working with high level executives and ceos i try to put people at ease right away once again it's not that you know prim and proper this is how it has to be because that's not my energy that's not my personality mm -hmm. And with that, you're allowed to make mistakes. And sometimes the, the technology is going to make mistakes and that's okay. And that's what I call plot twists. So when plot twists show <laughs> I like <that>. up <laughs> and I, I'll jump up, plot twists, I could be in the middle of the supermarket, doesn't matter. Um, but when this plot twist shows up, it's meant to be fun. Again, it, it's meant to be a learning experience. And how nice is it that it's showing because now we're learning how to you know, duck and weave and- right. And just like you would if you're in the car driving and there's an accident, you have to get off the highway. That's, it's just simply no bigger of a deal than that. So really the fears that people are having, you know, is it real? And is it going to happen every single time? Like, is, are you making it bigger than it really needs to be? And if, if you are and this isn't real, really happening, then again, once again, what's underneath that you're really afraid of that this is just masking and you might have to dig a little bit deeper in there. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's like, I think you were just reading my mind because I was getting ready to ask you, what would be your advice to that person who wants to take their business from just dealing with people in their office or in person into scaling it into a digital environment? Yeah. Well, number one, you have to have a sense of humor. And you have to have patience. And if you don't have patience, this is a great way to get patience. Um, but, you know, I, I have learned through trial and error. Um, and, you know, I think in the past year, I've become very uh, technically savvy as compared to a year ago. But again, I, I take it to a point where I understand what it is that I'm doing. And then I'm ready to hand it off to the experts mm -hmm. that that's what they love to do. Yes. Um, I, I can't imagine, and, and this is the, the thing that I think is really important looking at my children. My youngest two are a sixth, sixth grade, I'm sorry, eighth grade and 10th grade. And they are the first two that came up through the school with iPads and so forth. They, and they don't have the heavy books to carry around that the older ones did. So these are, these are the kids that are coming up and everything's been digital for them. Yeah. They have no frame of so, reference like we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So looking into the future, I can't imagine that it's going to go backwards. Mm -hmm. So now's the time. If you've ever wanted to be at something at the very beginning of the new way of doing things, um, this is it. Yeah. And I think that we're going to see a little bit of a bubble pop coming up because there's been so much growth so quickly that I think what I hear the most is people are concerned about finding the true coaches and the people who have that substance behind what they say that they can do. Well, sometimes you and have I, to go through it because there's no yes. barrier to entry with technology. Yes. But I, I think we're going to be seeing that some of that dropping off now because there's been so many just simple certifications of certifications of with no substance behind them um, that I would tell people to take their time in choosing where they're going, what they want to do. But the thing that I think more than ever for those people putting their business online, there are such huge gaps in industries that people aren't even beginning to touch yet. Mm 
that just for me selling to the gap and and learning who those clients are and what's needed has made a huge difference in what I do. Wow. I got to have you back to talk about that. That's a great topic right there. Selling to the gap. (laughs) We could have a marketing uh, interview. That would be great. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's, it's just been wonderful for, for me. And uh, again, it it really brings out that creative area because nobody else is doing it. I didn't want to be another trainer online or another nutritionist online or coach online. I wanted to be that special secret weapon that nobody else, that no one else is doing and no one else is using. Well, you've definitely claimed that space. And, you know, as we wrap up here, I, I like to ask yes. two questions of my, uh, my business owners uh, that okay. are in theme with the show. And that would be, uh, what would, in your business, what would you like to simplify? What would I like to simplify? Uh, I, for me, I would like to simplify um, the way that customers come to me. Um, I have set up the dot where the majority of my clients coming are through referral. Mm-hmm. Uh, very rarely am I doing any type of marketing or advertising. If anything, it's, it's inadvertently when I'm doing something that I love, if I do a launch in Facebook, something like that. But for me, I, I like, I'd like to be able to have what I already have and somebody come in and just make it nice and simple. Because I think that I have done that simple, but I know that it can be even taken down even more. And the second part to that question is, what in your business would you like to multiply? What would I like to multiply? The number of people that I can help and, and get over the finish line. Like there's nothing more exciting than them getting to that goal. I'm, I'm like a pit bull. I lock, lock onto your goal and I do not let up until you get there. No matter how much you kick and scream and, 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 and complain along the way. Um, but yeah, I want to get people, I want them to get across the finish line so that then they have a new goal that they want to do. So yeah, more of that, please. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I feel a lot of energy when you answered that question. That's fabulous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I, I just, I love the, I call them paychecks of the heart. Yeah, you know? and talk about yeah. opposite ends of the pole, right? You know, yes. yeah. yeah, each one, like I want to simplify this that's down there on the bottom of the pole. And then I want to multiply this. The desire yeah. is at the top of the yeah. pole. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Denise, it's been so awesome talking to you. I definitely have to yes. have you back on the show again to talk well, thank more. Thank you for this. And yeah, uh, I, I'm enjoying myself. I really enjoyed this. This has been wonderful. Yeah, likewise. And I, I wish you all the success in the world. Thank you very much. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have information for my listener uh, on the show notes page about how you can learn more about Denise and her inner strength, you and what she and Curvin are up to. And they're great people. I definitely want you to check them out. And thank you, Denise, for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you again. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. 
That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.